0: Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. This podcast is brought to you by International Truck. Now, here is your host, Seth Clevenger.
2: Welcome to Road Signs, a new podcast series from Transport Topics. In this, our first episode, we're going to explore the road to autonomous trucking and discuss who will be behind the wheel of the trucks of tomorrow. Automated driving technology could hold the potential to improve road safety, boost productivity, and may even begin to address the trucking industry's persistent driver shortage and high driver turnover rates. But all of this also raises a very important question. If autonomous trucks are the future of this industry, what is the future of the truck driver? We can start to answer that question by looking at two different pathways to automation in trucking. The baseline is the gradual expansion of driver assist technology, building on the foundation provided by today's active safety systems. At the same time, several technology companies are focused on jumping straight to fully autonomous trucks, but in limited applications. One example that we'll get to in a bit is deploying driverless long haul trucks on certain freeways, but continuing to rely on drivers to handle the more complex driving tasks at the beginning and end of the journey. Of course, there are also many other factors that will shape the development of automated driving technology, including the still-emerging regulatory framework and public acceptance. To get some more perspective on all of this, we've lined up two excellent guests. Later in the program, we'll hear from Fred Andersky, who heads the controls business and government and industry affairs at Bendix, a major supplier of active safety systems that could serve as the building blocks of autonomy. Fred will share his insights on the different pathways toward automation and look ahead at the evolution of driver assist technology. But first, we're thrilled to welcome a special guest who is working hard to make autonomous trucking a reality in the near future. Alex Rodriguez is the CEO of Embark, a San Francisco-based startup that is developing self-driving truck technology and is testing it out on the road today. So thank you very much for joining us, Alex.
3: Thanks for having me, Seth.
2: You bet. Um... Embark has been actively testing and operating self-driving trucks mostly in the southwestern U.S. on Interstate 10. Today, these trucks have a safety driver behind the wheel as a backup, ready to take over when needed. But the goal is to eventually reach the point where your trucks can operate on the freeway without a driver on board. Mm-hmm. So just how much work remains before you can confidently pull the this, this safety driver out of the truck and secure approval from regulators to do so. And describe the path you'll need to take to get to that point.
3: Yeah. So, Seth, this ends up being, uh, this obviously is the the million dollar question of this whole thing. Um, And we're trying to make sure that we're doing it uh, in a a smooth, responsible cadence, I guess is sort of the key here. Um, What are the pieces that need to go into it? Uh, First off, you need to to do a whole lot of reliability testing. So going back and forth on I-10, initially this isn't going to be a United States wide thing. Initially, this is going to be a single route in the Southwestern United States, as you mentioned. Uh, and so you end up, or we end up having to have a bunch of trucks out testing with safety drivers to get to a point where we can show that they're reliable enough uh, that they can safely do the whole driving task. Um, and we think that that's probably going to take a couple of years just to do that initial testing just for that first route. Um, in terms of what other pieces we have to do, uh, we obviously also have to work with the regulators and with the OEMs, uh, and both of those are sort of ongoing. Uh, the, the regulatory landscape is not set in stone yet, uh, but we spend a lot of time making sure that we, uh, we work very closely with the regulators, they know what we're doing, um, and that they're doing things at a reasonable pace, right? It would be bad just like it would be bad if the regulations were late and you couldn't deploy, uh, even though it was safe, it would be bad if the regulations were early. And we wrote the regulations around technology that hadn't been fully proven out yet. Uh, so we're working closely with them to make sure that the regulations uh, line up with the technology and they end up coming out on the same timeline.
2: Absolutely. That's very good guidance. And uh, to be clear, I mean, this you're, you're talking millions of miles of testing, right? I mean, this is not something that happens overnight, this is this is lots of testing, extensive on-road testing to, to get to that
3: point. Yeah, that's right. We're talking doing probably more miles of testing than any individual human driver will drive in a career. <laughs> sure.
2: Now let's go ahead and talk about Embark's deployment model for autonomous trucks. So to be clear, you're designing and programming these self-driving trucks to operate only on freeways, which means that these trucks will need to hand off trailers to conventional trucks piloted by drivers for the remaining short haul into the city or on uh, local routes to a distribution center. And these freight handoffs between autonomous and conventional trucks would take place at transfer hubs uh, that would be built at key points along interstates. So Alex, could you tell us a little bit more about this transfer hub concept and why you see this as the best way to deploy autonomous trucks in the relative near term?
3: Yeah, so the way that we see the, the deployment of driverless trucks, um, you have to be thinking not just about what's technically feasible, but about what fits with the industry. Um, and so there's been a lot of noise about a competing concept where you would have the driver stay in the truck, um, but we think that while that's, it's technically achievable, it doesn't uh, do anything for the big problems facing the industry today. Uh, so obviously those are the driver shortage. Those are, in particular, um, the shortage in long haul driving. And so we think that if you have to have a driver still inside the vehicle, uh, what you end up doing is creating a new class of driving, uh, which, in my opinion, I, I imagine in in most people's opinion, is even harder then 11 hours and then sleeping and then 11 hours and then sleeping where this new class of driving uh, would have to be you're just sitting in the back of a truck for a long period of time occasionally getting called upon to support it uh, potentially driving or potentially on call for many more than the current 14 hours um, but still away from home all those problems so you could build the tech sure but it wouldn't do anything to make a driver's life better or to make driving jobs more desirable. Um, And so it's not really helping solve any of the problems facing the industry today. Um, By taking the transfer hub model, what we're doing is breaking the route up so that you have what used to be one big long haul route becomes two local routes with an autonomous section in the middle. And this actually is both technically feasible and now starts to address the driver shortage, where you've gone from a long haul route, which could have been one of the 50,000 that we don't have a driver to fill today, uh, and we've actually created new local jobs, which are much easier to fill and much more desirable, uh, and we're getting the same freight moved. Uh, and so that's a big part of the reason why we think you want to go with the Transfer Hubs model. Yes, there are other ways to do it from a technical perspective. But once you start thinking about how does this fit with the needs of the industry, how does this fit with the needs of the drivers, um, it makes a lot more sense to try and allow drivers to stay local in, in their own city.
2: Sure. You know, As you said, you know, the, the driver is the, is the real constraint that the, the industry is facing right now. So uh, this, is, this, this concept of transfer hubs is really aimed at finding a way to make that work for the driver and, and make the job better for the driver. Um, You know, and just looking at the technology side of this, by restricting the scope of operations to the freeways, you can introduce autonomous trucks much sooner, right? You know, it'll take a lot longer to develop autonomous trucks that can go, in theory, anywhere that a truck today can go with a driver, right?
3: Yes. Uh, It will take a lot longer because it's much, much harder to do from a technical perspective to drive in the city. And also, it's much harder from a logistical perspective. There's a lot of interaction with the end customer, pre-trip, post-trip inspection, bills of lading, uh, maybe loading in certain locations. Uh, There's a lot of detail at the beginning and the end of a trip that is really best suited to a person, uh, along with it being a much harder driving job. Whereas once you get out onto the interstate, uh, there's a lot less things that are going on.
4: At International Truck, we know that when it comes to the future, we all have a lot of questions. How do we take the chain off the supply chain? Will my fleet survive in an on demand world? Will electric charge ahead of diesel? Will artificial intelligence replace How us? connectivity disconnect us all?
3: Will my fleet become it? obsolete? Will technology? Technology? Technology, technology disconnect us?
4: What's next? Let's talk about it. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at upnexttrucking.com.
2: When we think about autonomy, when we think about automation in this industry, you know, there's always the question of what will the emergence of autonomous trucks mean for truck driving jobs in the years ahead? So what are your thoughts, Alex? You know, how will this job change? And what would you say to somebody who's concerned that the truck driving job might just disappear altogether?
3: Yeah. So I guess I I would say a couple different things. The first one is uh, don't believe the hype. Uh, the media loves sensationalist stories about how there will be no driving jobs in two years from now, which is just not in line with the reality of the technical development. Um, This is a gigantic industry with a huge variety of different driving tasks, which are each individually very hard, and all of which are going to take a bunch of time to do. And so uh, I don't see, for example, uh, city driving or even driving in, uh, snowy northern areas happening anytime in the next decade. Uh, so the first thing I think to say is don't believe the hype. Uh, the media has their reasons for trying to make things uh, overblown, but but it's just not realistic. Um, the second thing that I would say is that there are a lot of, as I said before, parts of the driving task that I think are not well suited to automation, that are are much better done by a person. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change anytime in the near future. So, uh, although we might see automation in chunks of the job that makes sense, like uh, driving long interstate stretches on good quality roads, uh, there are whole big chunks of the industry that you're unlikely to ever get to. For example, I don't think we'll ever do uh, hazmat. I don't think that we're ever going to be doing like last mile drop off or pickup for the vast majority of situations. Um, And so that's sort of the second piece is one, don't believe the hype, it's going to be a lot slower than people say. Two, it's not going to be everything. It's going to be sort of piecemeal bit by bit, and it's not going to cover the whole industry. Um, And so I think that means that when you account for the big shortage that currently exists and for the huge amount of turnover that already exists in trucking, that. pretty much anybody who is presently in the industry and wants to continue in the industry is going to be able to find a job. Uh, and then the third thing I would say is uh, that we really don't know the answer. So it's going to be slower, it's going to be less absolute, uh, and and also that uh, we it's hard to predict the deployment of technologies. And so uh, I think it's possible that the total number of drivers decreases as a result of automation, 15, 20 years from now. Um, It's also possible that it doesn't. uh, Because for example, right now we have 50,000 routes that are unfilled. If we fill those in part using automation and in part using local drivers, we actually have more driving jobs than we had before. Um, And so there are a bunch of different variables. uh, And I don't pretend to know exactly how it's going to play out. But I think it's going to play out in a, a slower, smoother uh, way than the hype would have you believe.
2: Okay, yeah, that's that's very helpful. You know, that perspective on what we're really looking at, uh, you know, in the years and decades ahead. And you know, we often think about the potential for autonomous trucks to improve safety. Uh, we maybe even think about the potential to reduce labor costs at some point in the future. Uh, but let's also take a moment to consider the potential for autonomy to improve productivity in the industry. So earlier this year, uh, an Embark truck completed a coast-to-coast test run along the length of I-10 from LA to Jacksonville, Florida, and there was a safety driver behind the wheel uh, who was, of course, still beholden to hours of service limits, so this run took the normal five days. Uh, But in theory, if you reach the point where you can remove the driver and the truck can operate around the clock or close to it, suddenly that journey can be completed in uh, two days instead of five. So what are your thoughts on just how that could transform the supply chain someday?
3: Yeah, I think this is one of the gigantic pieces of automation that a lot of people don't talk about or don't consider. If you allow a vehicle to operate 24-7, you completely change how supply chains need to be set up, right? We're talking about the time to get things from any place to any other place it's more than 11 hours away, suddenly dropping in half. We're talking about, uh, being able to achieve, like when you say here two days instead of five, like for context, that's now going like, we're now talking closer to air freight speeds than what it presently takes a truck to cross the country. Um, and so that's radical. Again, I was talking about earlier, uh, what are ways this is going to change the industry? Uh, One of the things we might not predict, maybe a lot of air freight switches to trucks, um, and that actually increases demand. Anyway, uh, you're going to change the speed of things, and you're also going to change the layout of distribution centers, right? Today, the major LTL networks are all set up so that their DCs are all 11 hours apart, um, so that you can drive from one, switch in the middle, and then drive back. and obviously, if you can go 24-7, that completely changes how you set up warehouses. Uh, so you're going to see things moving a lot faster. You're going to see things like uh, Amazon shipping becoming cheaper and being able to get one-day shipping, uh, shipping, shipping instead of two-day shipping or two-day shipping instead of one-week shipping. And we're talking about being able to radically improve the efficiency of Warehouses, supply chains, and just-in-time manufacturing.
2: All right, well, this will all be fascinating to watch moving forward. That's for sure. Uh, we certainly live in a very interesting time for the transportation industry. It's it's a fun time to be in this industry and uh, and for me to to write about it and and report about it. Uh, and thanks again, Alex, for participating in the podcast. It was great to chat with you.
3: Thanks for having me, Seth. Cheers.
4: At International Truck, we know that when it comes to autonomous transportation, we all have a lot of questions. Who's in the driver's seat? Will autonomous make our roadway safer? How will the role of the driver society evolve?
5: Will connected trucks? technology will be advanced to enough industry? to support will a society autonomous, accept operations? autonomous trucks? Could self driving autonomous make so trucking, trucking, trucking,
4: trucking, 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 trucking a reality? What's next? Let's talk about it. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at upnexttrucking.com.
2: Next up on Road Signs, we're going to bring in a guest who I think has really been one of the industry's leading voices on this topic of automation and trucking. So we're very pleased to welcome Fred Andersky, who heads the controls business and government and industry affairs at Bendix, a major supplier of braking and active safety systems that I'm sure many of our listeners are using on their trucks today. So thank you very much for joining us, Fred.
1: Hey, it's good to be here
2: with you, Seth. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the different pathways toward automation that we might see you know, first off, you have, you know, the gradual step-by-step path of building on today's active safety technology to create advanced driver assist systems, and that appears to be the baseline for development. Uh, and then on the other hand, you also have companies like Waymo and Uber and some of the tech startups that are trying to go straight to highly automated trucks. Uh, Fred, what are your thoughts? You know, Do you see the industry pursuing both of these pathways simultaneously in the years ahead, or do you see one of these approaches clearly winning out?
1: Well, so let's let's set the uh, let's set the ground uh, groundwork here. You know, self, there's four things that are certain within life: death, taxes, change, and the failure or the failure of predictions to be accurate. So, as we think about that, you know, let's keep that in context as I talk this through a little bit. You know, over the next five to 10 years, I really see both pathways making progress. And, you know, both are going to move us forward uh, in the future, you know, and it's really gonna come down to the applications as to where they're going to be. You hear a lot of talk, especially from companies like Embark and Waymo and Uber about this highway application. Uh, which is really, when you think about it, one of the easiest applications to do versus what we see in kind of a local or a urban uh, area. So that means then that that local or urban area is gonna need help as well. Well, my lean though is, and I gotta admit I'm biased because I work for a, a developer of driver assistance systems, is in the long run, the stepping stone Building on driver assistance uh, systems approach will win, but I think we both have to keep in mind that the real end result is, we are going to get to autonomous vehicles. Either pathway we go, eventually in the far future, it's going to be driverless. The question is,
2: when? Let's go back to the the stepping stone approach and you know this idea of building on where we are today with uh, driver assist technology, of course, we already have uh, collision mitigation to automatically apply the brakes. We already have lane departure warnings to alert the driver when the truck starts to stray over lane marking. And we already have adaptive cruise control. So what do you see as the next stage of this progression? There's been a lot of movement toward automated steering. Uh, how do you see that rolling out in the Well, you ahead? know, when
1: you, you think of the basic functions of a vehicle, it's to stop, go, and turn. And as these systems start getting smarter, learning becomes another basic function. So today, you know, as you pointed out, we're doing stop and go. Adaptive cruise control um, intervenes with the brakes and the acceleration to keep the vehicle at a safe following distance. As we move down the path, you're absolutely right that steering is really going to be that next big approach. So, you know, we've talked in the past about the idea of sensor fusion, uh, sensors working together, and and we see that today. uh, Cameras, LiDAR, radars, ultrasonic, all these types of sensors working together in various applications. What I see moving forward then is kind of the second step in fusion, which is what I call system fusion. And that's where we take steering control working with other systems on the vehicle to move us forward. And I really see this kind of coming across in four progressions, if you will, or four phases. First of all, it's going to kind of start with independent, low-level integration of steering assist. So independently, we're going to see things like torque assist, which will help ease the steering uh, or the amount of force that's needed to steer a vehicle to sort of make it easier in those slow speed situations or like backing up uh, to park the truck at a loading dock. Some of the low level integrations will be like using the camera to see the lines in the road. So we get lane keeping assist and lane centering types of functions. Next, we get into kind of the higher level integrations, which will be things like systems working together, like the adaptive cruise control, working with steering control to give the driver a little bit more of a adaptive cruise with steering, kind of a brake type of situation where they can maybe do something else while the truck's moving down the road. Or we see blind spot detection working with steering to kind of give a side swipe crash mitigation. Third, we move to the advanced automated apps. These get into things like the full-scale highway pilot-type applications we've seen, or what we also call as level two platooning. So maybe there's not a driver in that back truck that's platooning down the road. Then lastly, or the fourth, is what I call, and what others call too, convergence. And this is where the steering control or the the system fusion with steering control, the sensor fusion all comes together to give us that autonomous driving function. So, you know, those two pathways, as we talked about that you mentioned earlier, they end up at that autonomous driving point and that convergence of system fusion gets us there. What would you say to
2: somebody who's concerned that this technology could eliminate jobs
1: Well, you know, I think my first first aspect on that is, you know, much as autopilot in planes has not eliminated the need for pilots, and, you know, let's face the fact pilots do cost money, um, I think, you know, personally, I think that we're going to see drivers as an important part of the truck uh, tractor for a long period of time. Change is coming upon us, and nobody can predict exactly when that change is going to occur. So I think it's smart for drivers to be excited about the industry they're in, but I think it's also important for them to think about, you know, what their next act is going to be and how their role is going to evolve in the future.
2: Yeah, any kind of preliminary thoughts on how that role might evolve? You know, we think about uh, what truck drivers do today, and and you know how that job might change as some of the tasks uh, become automated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see the the truck driver of the future doing? Uh, how will that job change compared with where we are uh, today?
1: Well, I think in the in the in the short run, as we see more technology coming on board, the drivers are going to um, learn to be smarter about how they utilize that technology in their day-to-day job? How is it going to help them? And um, how is it going to help improve the driver experience, if you will? In other words, you know, are they going to get the opportunity to be able to take uh, more breaks on the road? Um, is there... 11-hour driving day going to expand to a 14-hour driving day because they're going to have time in the cab, if you will, to get other work done, which is going to help make them more, uh, uh, more productive uh, overall. Um, but as the world begins to change, um, I think that they're going to see um, lifestyle changes in their role that I think are going to be beneficial. I think they'll see more home time um, because they'll be able to get more stuff done on the road in a shorter period of time. And I think we're going to see the models changing in terms of transportation. You know, I do think the Embarks and the Ubers and the Waymos uh, have the right thoughts in terms of this first step being a level of automation out on the freeway or the interstate route, which means that opens up the opportunity for more short haul uh, types of things for drivers, which again then means more home time. But I also do see the driver becoming important uh, in terms of helping monitor what the system's doing still being there and being ready to take over as necessary because the systems aren't going to be 100% foolproof. And as I mentioned, all you need is a virus to get into that vehicle and shut it down. And then you're going to need that driver, you know, to be able to to get at the last route. So I'm still on the side of driverless a very long time off a long time away, but changes in the driver's role today that's going to help make them more productive uh, and um, let's say more technically sophisticated in the future.
2: Yeah, this will all be very fascinating to watch in the years ahead, For that's for sure. And uh, this has been a great conversation, but I think that's a good place to to leave it. Uh, thanks again, Fred, for joining the program. We really appreciate your thoughts.
1: Thanks, Seth. Uh, as always, a pleasure to work with you in Transport Topics.
5: Hi, I'm Chris Gutierrez, a Development Chief Engineer at International Truck. Thanks for listening to the first ever Transport Topics Podcast. Interestingly, we've heard a lot of thought-provoking topics discussed here. At International Truck, we are driving important changes in our industry. Take autonomous transportation. We know that autonomous driving technology has the potential to transform the industry, especially when it comes to safety and efficiency. We anticipate Autonomous Technology will boost these two factors to levels our industry has never seen before. Not only will we see a shift in the role of the driver, but we'll also see increased efficiencies for fleet owners. At International Truck, we are taking a pragmatic approach to technology, working to develop, test, and launch Autonomous Trucking in a smart and methodical way. All this new exciting technology and change is happening faster than ever and is creating a lot of speculation. We know that when it comes to the future, we all have a lot of questions. As industry leaders, we at International Truck, together with you, want to address these advancements, from electrification, to connectivity, to digital supply chain and more, so we can all move towards a successful tomorrow. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at upnexttrucking.com.
2: As we wind down i'd like to close with some final thoughts on our original question of who will be behind the wheel of tomorrow's trucks as we've heard from our guests truck drivers will be indispensable to this industry for the foreseeable future automation is coming to trucking but change of this magnitude in an industry this large and diverse simply doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen everywhere at once we'll see automation emerge in stages with driver assist technology And yes, we may also see some fully autonomous trucks start to hit the road in the not-so-distant future, but only in specific applications, like driving on freeways in areas where conditions are optimal. It's clear that autonomous trucks will not be ready to handle all driving tasks and conditions anytime soon. That means it's really best to view this as an evolution rather than a revolution. We're in the early stages of what will likely become one of the defining changes we'll see in the next half-century of trucking. So, if you're a 21-year-old who just earned a CDL, I feel confident that you'll have a full career ahead of you in the trucking industry and your services will be in high demand for decades to come. Your job may change over time as some tasks become automated, but you'll have a job and that job may turn out to be far more interesting than you ever expected. On that note, we've run out of time, but if you'd like to learn more about the road to automation in trucking, I'd encourage you to check out the most recent issue of iTech included in the June 11th issue of Transport Topics, or visit ttnews.com where you can find that content online. Road signs will return in August when we'll explore the potential of electric vehicles in the trucking industry. Until then, thanks for listening.
0: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you.